Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good evening, everyone. It is Saturday, July the 15th, 2023. It is currently 6.21 p.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from the Theology Central studio located right here in Abilene, Texas. And it was in this very studio last night that something very important happened. I don't know. Were you listening? Did you miss it? Remember our series on law and gospel that we started like October of 2022? Do you remember that? And then it kind of fell apart. It jumped the shark and everything kind of came to a screeching halt as we started working on other things. But I knew I needed to, to somehow kickstart, you know, try, try to, to try to get the, the series back on track, to try to restart it, to try to maybe even redo it in a sense. And last night was the night where it happened. We restarted Law and Gospel. We're calling this Law and Gospel Redo. We've done Law and Gospel Redo Part 1, and now this will be Law and Gospel Redo Part 2. And what we are doing, what is helping us kind of get this series back on track, trying to restart it, trying to kickstart it again, what, what, what we're using to help us is the Issues ETC radio program slash podcast. Issues ETC or Issues Etc. is a Lutheran radio program. It's also a podcast you can subscribe to. They are doing a series for the Issues Etc. radio program and podcast uh, entitled The Proper Distinction Between Law and Gospel. I think this is what they're calling it. Proper Distinction Between Law and Gospel. I think they have up to eight parts so far. I'm challenging everyone to go subscribe to Issues ETC podcast, listen to their radio program. If you go to theologycentral.net and go to our blog section, you'll see the very first blog post will be something like the Theology Central playlist. And I have included in the Theology Central playlist uh, all of the episodes so far of the proper distinction between law and gospel from issues, etc. You should go listen to all of them. And again, you should subscribe to issues, etc. on your favorite podcasting app. You should do that right now. Now, it's a Lutheran program. I don't always agree with everything, but I have loved the program. I have been challenged and I have learned much about it. And of course, if you're going to look to about, uh, you know, going to look to a good discussion about the proper distinction between law and gospel, most of the time, you're going to have to look to Lutheranism. You're going to have to look to a Lutheran theologian. You're going to have to look to Lutheran history to really hear some very good distinctions between law and gospel. So we are using that radio program. Now, how we're doing it is it's, you know, since it's a radio program, even though when they move it over from radio to podcast, they still leave in all of their advertisements. And if you know how talk radio works, you have segments, right? Maybe the first segment segment goes 15 minutes, then they go to their commercial break. Then they come back, maybe it's 15, 20 minutes, then they go to a commercial break. I don't know the exact exact breakdown. I'd have to, you know, try to remind myself of it. But so what we're doing is we're only reviewing for each one of our episodes, we're only reviewing one of their segments. So we'll take in the first, like we, and and part one, we did the first segment of Issues ETC, part one of of their series on a proper distinction between law and gospel. And in this episode, we just moved to the, we skipped the commercials and we go to their second segment. Now, they are utilizing for their series, just like we utilize for our series, God's No and God's Yes, 
The Proper Distinction Between Law and Gospel by C.F.W. Walther, W-A-L-T-H-E-R, Walther. If I say Walter, it's it's just because sometimes I do that. It's C.F.W. Walther. And again, God's no and God's yes, the proper distinction between law and gospel. Now, in this book, he gave us, I think it's 25 theses on the proper distinction between law and gospel. Now, you can get all of these theses if you go to the Church One app or the Sermons 2.0 app and look for Theology Central. Find our series on law and gospel. It's called Understanding Law and Gospel. Scroll down scroll down until you see the episode entitled uh, Law and Gospel PDF. And then there you have it. It's attached. You can... There you go. You can look at all of the 25 theses and try to understand it. I cannot overstate the importance of a proper distinction between law and gospel. I cannot even begin to overstate how important a proper distinction is of law and gospel to correct biblical hermeneutics. It is essential. It is so important. And someone who uh, listened to us on YouTube they said they they posted a very awesome comment uh, last night. I think it was late last night. Let's see if I can find it. I'm going to the, our YouTube channel. Um, let's see. Sixteen hours ago. Sixteen hours ago, someone posted in the comment section on our U- our YouTube channel. They posted this comment: When you mix law and gospel, the end result is lordship salvation. Now that's that's very uh, powerful. Now, I think traditionally what we typically say is when you mix law and gospel, all you end up is all you end up with is law. When you mix law and gospel, all you end up with is law. You replace the gospel with law. You still may call it the gospel, but it's law. And in a round in a roundabout way, I know lordship salvation people would refuse would deny this, but really all it is is law. It's a law based system di- disguised or pretending to be a gospel based system. And any reasonable person would, if they're willing to be honest, would have to acknowledge that it's about your performance, your performance, what you do, what you do, what you do, what you do. Your assurance is based off what you do, what you do. You can try to play around, say, no, no, it's what God does. But if God's supposedly not doing that, then you were never saved. And then you have to measure what supposed, it becomes a whole complicated and convoluted mess. So I thought that was a powerful comment. And it was good to see comments after redoing and restarting our series on law and gospel. So without any further delay, let's go. Back to issues, ETC issues, etc. They're looking at, they are talking about the proper distinction of law and gospel. They're utilizing the writing of CFW Walther. I, I like the book, God's No and God's Yes, the proper distinction between law and gospel, because it's a summarized version. It's like the Cliff Notes version. Uh, CFW Walt, Walther has a more fuller discussion of it, and you can look for his writings. So we're going to go back to issues, etc. ETC, etc. However you would like to say it. Issues, etc. And we're going to just jump to their second segment. Now, that what they have done, just so that you know. And the first segment, they did read thesis number one, which is this. The doctrinal contents of the entire Holy Scripture, both of old and and the New Testament are made up of two doctrines differing fundamentally from each other 
law, and gospel. The entire Bible is made up of two doctrines. These two doctrines differ fundamentally from each other, and those two doctrines are law and gospel. That is thesis number one. Now, they've talked a little bit about the background of CFW Walther. They've talked a little bit about thesis number one. They're advancing that discussion. And now we go to the second segment of that episode. Let's listen to it. Let's see what we can find and how it can advance us and move us forward in this series so that at some point, we don't know when and we don't know where, we will bring this series to some kind of a dramatic conclusion. But right now, I don't even know when or where that may be because personally, I think we could be talking about law and gospel for the next 15 years and we should never grow tired of talking about the subject because that's how important it is. And that is how much misunderstanding there is about it. Here we go. Welcome back to Issues Etc. I'm Todd Wilkin. Pastor Will Whedon is our guest. We're beginning a series on CFW Walther's Law and Gospel Theses. So here in the first theses here, we have that word distinguish. Before we get into the particular distinctions, I think... Some have pushed beyond Walther, at least in practice, to uh, rather than distinguish, to divide. They yeah, do, divide and separate. Divide right? and separate law and gospel. What's wrong with that? Well, as we heard in the in his introduction, he is firmly convinced that for them to do their saving job, the two words from God need to be heard together. They need to stand together, each one doing what is particular to it. There's an almost an analogy here, Todd, to the, the divine and human natures in Christ, right? Each one does what is particular to it in the personal union. And so there needs to be the union of God's word, if you will, in which these two words from God each are allowed to do their own thing without in any way yanking them apart. Let them stand side by side and do their job. That is so well said. Long gospel. You can't so separate them. You got to let them stand in a sense side by side and do their proper job. The law is to expose and condemn you. That is what it's supposed to do. And the gospel is supposed to give you the perfect righteousness of Christ imputed to you by faith alone. The law is to expose and condemn. The gospel points you to Christ. The gospel saves you. The gospel is the finished work of Jesus Christ on your behalf. You've got to let them stand. You can't come along and go, well, 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 well. I mean, I know that scripture seems to be demanding this, but you know, nobody is perfect. And, and we, we can't, I mean, we, we have to try. And, and then we, and then we somehow judge success on if we do, if we are, we are partially successful. Well, see, that's good enough. No, that's not good enough. That's not good enough for anything because the law doesn't demand that we try. The law demands that we succeed and we do it perfectly, which we're always going to fall short of. That's why we need the gospel. Do not separate them. Keep them right next to one another, but let them do their work. Don't try to get the law to do the gospel's work and don't try to get the gospel to do the law's work. Let them do their own individual work. So how does he enumerate the real differences between God's word of law and God's word of gospel? Well, he runs down a series of six distinctions. He says, first of all, 
they differ as regards to the manner of their being revealed to man. They certainly are different as regard to their contents. They're different as regard to the promises, which is held out in either doctrine. They are different in regard to threatenings. They are different as regards the function and effect of either doctrine and as regards the persons to whom either the one or the other doctrine ought to be preached. Under those six heads, he kind of summarizes all of the basic distinctions between law and gospel and the scriptures. Let's sort of work through them if we can, okay? First of all, how they were revealed. This was a really fascinating point. Humanity was created with natural law, if you will, written on the hearts of men. Paul makes this clear in Romans, right? And everybody has that, what C.S. Lewis called that sense of ought, right? If you bump in front of me in the line, I'm going to tell you, hey, that's not fair. You can't do that. And you're going to respond, no, but look, you stepped out of place or whatever. You're going to give an extenuating circumstance that allowed you to differ from the normal order here and actually take the place in front of me in the line. This shows that the the work of the law itself is written on the hearts of men. Now, beyond shadow of doubt, in the fall, that was greatly obscured and diminished But the fact remains, whenever you as a Christian speak a word of law to another human being, their own conscience is preaching the same thing to them, whether they like it or not. It is written on the hearts of, you can bring it down to, as Jesus did so simply with uh, do as you would be done by, right? You know, you don't treat others the way you don't want to be treated. You should treat others the way you yourself would want to be treated. In contrast to that, you have the gospel, which, well, do you remember how St. Paul would describe it in First uh, Corinthians? He says, you know, it's, it's folly <laughs> to those who do not believe. It, it's just simply ridiculous when you tell them, oh, by the way, all of the disobedience, all your failure to actually live the way you know you ought to have lived, God loved you so much as to put on his son, who then suffered and died in your place so that you could live in and through him and his sacrifice. When natural man hears this, well, I mean, St. Paul again, natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. Indeed, they are folly to him, and he cannot discern them because they are spiritually discerned, right? The gospel proclaims these beautiful free acts of divine grace, but they are not self-evident. It's just important. He's just drawing a distinction between law and gospel, and they are distinct, distinguished. They are different, they, and and one of the proper distinctions is how they are revealed. The law is revealed because it's written on your heart, inside of you. You have this just almost this innate knowledge of things are right or things are wrong. You at least have a sense of right and wrong. Now, the fall has so scarred and messed it up and confused us, but still deep down, we're like, that's wrong. That's wrong. That's, that's, that's right. That's wrong. That's right. I mean, you can take people who are atheists, who don't believe in it, who reject any belief about God or a supernatural being or a creator. They still just have this. They will still talk in these things of absolutes about that being right and that being wrong. And they offer their judgment and they offer their condemnation nation of it. And they, and sometimes speak in very dogmatic terms because just inside of them, there's this sense of right and wrong. That's God's law written on the heart. The 
gospel is just not right. It's not written on our heart. It's, it's something other and it confounds and confuses and people misunderstand it. And I think they twist it because it seems so crazy that God would then take my sins, place them upon his son. The son would pay for my sins. And then by faith, the son's obedience and righteousness is imputed to me. That is foolishness, craziness to our mind. It, it is something that has to be revealed to us through God's word. And that is a key distinction. When you're preaching the gospel, you are always preaching something that people have a very, very, well, I mean, an impossible time actually believing on their own, period. And I think it's very important. The law people can get because it's it's written on their heart. You can preach the law. They can understand right and wrong. They can understand something being condemned. It, it's written on their heart. But when you preach the gospel, it's not natural to man. It is something other. It is something different. It is something foreign. It is something alien. It is something confusing and confounding. That's why I think there's so much misunderstanding, mishandling, and twisting of the gospel, because it's not natural to us. And our natural instinct, because it's written on their heart. Our natural default position is law. That's why even Christians, they need to be taught the gospel over and over and over. And they need to hear the gospel over and over and over because their default position, their natural way of thinking is law-based. We are not naturally gospel-minded people. We are naturally law-minded people. Law, law, action, do this, do this, do this. You don't do this. You, you, if you do the wrong thing, punishment. If you do the right thing, reward. Do, punish. If you do wrong, punish. Do right, uh, you know, you are blessed, you are rewarded. And that's the way we think. And so, because that's so natural to us, because the law is written on our heart, we have a tendency to take and try to bring a law-based mentality over into the gospel, because that's our natural default position. So he says in that vein that because the law is written on the heart, although our reading of it is often quite distorted, it's written there infallibly, but our reading of it is very fallible. All other religions do contain some of the law. Oh, yeah. But they, as he says it, he says, but of the gospel, not a particle is found anywhere except in the Christian religion. Right. Now, that's rather profound. In every religion, you will find the law because the law is written in man's heart. So in every religion, the element of law will be there. Do this, don't do this. If you do wrong, you get punished. If you do right, you'll be rewarded or blessed. That, is, that shows up in every religion under the sun. Law will be there because man is naturally law-based, law-minded. But the gospel is completely missing in every religion other than Christianity. The law, yes. Morality is found anywhere and everywhere because it's written on the heart. The gospel, not only going to find it in, 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 well, in the revealed word of God. And that's why Christianity over and over and over becomes more law-based instead of gospel because the law is so natural to us. We have this beautiful, blessed gospel, and you're not going to find it anywhere else. You will find this uh, huge commonality about how human beings should behave. 
C.S. Lewis wrote that beautiful book called The Abolition of Man in which he went through and tried to demonstrate what he called the Tao, you know, borrowing the term from the Chinese. He just goes through and shows. Yeah, people understand these things in every single culture. They get this. This is how you should live, how you should behave. Not that we do it very well, but we all agree on what the basic rules of good behavior are. St. Paul would say, well, yeah, it shows the, the, the requirements of the law are written on the hearts of man. It has not been totally obliterated or erased. But man, you come and preach the Savior who has suffered and died for you? And people are like, what? What Are you saying that I don't have to do anything and I could be saved? That really they find very offensive. The second point of difference he noted was in the contents. Take us through that. Yeah. This is really easy if you stop and think about do and done. The law tells you what you are to do. And the gospel, it proclaims to you what God is doing, has done, and will do for you. In other words, it proclaims a gift, and the law gives you an assignment. If you're being given an assignment, you know you're dealing with a bit of God's law and not the gospel. If you're being given a gift that tells you, proclaims to you what God has done, is doing, will do for you, you have gospel. This is such a key hermeneutical principle. Whenever you're reading your Bible, if anything is giving you assignment, an assignment, if anything is telling you do this, do this, do this, or anything that tells you something you must do, do or something you must avoid, you know you are reading law. Any passage you're reading where it tells you what God has done, is doing, or will do for you then that is gospel law is the assignment passages. Do this, do this, do this, don't do this, avoid this, do this. And then the gospel is, this is what God has done for you in Christ Jesus. They are completely different in, and as as he puts it, this is the distinction of their contents and their contents. This is so, so important. Mainly so that you can identify. And then what happens is so many times pastors will take a passage that's clearly law, but somehow like preach it and almost want to connect it to the gospel or merge it with it. They are distinct. That's a law passage. And the answer to it is the gospel. And most sermons are law, 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 more law, more law, more law, more law, more law, more law. And then we'll add a little bit more law. Oh, wait, 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 wait. We'll add even a little bit more law because that's, that's just dominates the evangelical mind. And you shouldn't be shocked because that's our default position because the law is written on our heart. The gospel is alien to us. It, it seems, uh, it's, it's foolishness to our minds. We have to force ourselves to understand, see the, the gospel, and appreciate it. The law is natural. The gospel is not. And, of course, the gospel is described by C.F.W. Walther as a kind invitation, a kind invitation to partake of heavenly blessings. I just love that description. So he also takes us to Galatians 3 where he quotes the apostle saying, the law is not of faith. What is his point there? Well, the law is not of faith, but the man who does them, doeth them, shall live in them. So 
he says this is an exceedingly important passage. The law has nothing to say about forgiveness and about grace. The law does not say if you're contrite, if you begin to make amends, look, the remainder of your sins are going to be overlooked. There's not a word of that found in the law. The law issues commands and demands. It says, be ye therefore perfect as your father in heaven is perfect. You know, love is the fulfillment of the law. The gospel, on the other hand, it only makes offers. It means not to take anything from you, like like to lay something on you that you have to do, but it wants only to give to you. In fact, one of the most beautiful definitions of faith that you and I learned from our dear Dr. Nagel was faith is being given to by God. I used to think that Dr. Nagel's brilliant insight on all this stuff was his own creation, but then I realized, He is way dependent on CFW author and all this. And I remember when we had uh, started at seminary, not, not too long afterward, it was not necessarily the case that they were requiring people to read the law and the gospel. Uh, and I remember he had a theological interview he was part of where he asked the student to summarize Walter's thesis on law and gospel. And the student said, well, I don't know. I've never read it. And Dr. Daigle turned to the other two members of the committee and said, are we graduating men from this institution now who have not read Walther's Law and Gospel? I think not. <laughs> they sent the poor man away with the, with the assignment. You need to go and read it, and then we'll talk about it on the other side. And from that point on, I think you saw a, a concerted effort to make sure that the reading of this book formed part of the theological education at Concordia Seminary once again. So he, he relies heavily on him and In doing so, he does well. It's good stuff. One more point here as we move along before we take a break. The law and gospel differ, he says in the third place, by reason of their promises. Yeah. The law has great promises to make you. It really does. And it will make them. But the law always has an if attached to it. You will get this if you obey the law. If you fulfill it perfectly, if you do what I tell you to do, think about when you're reading through Deuteronomy, God lays it all out. I'll give you this. I'll give you that. I'll give you the other thing. If you obey me, then if you don't, wham, in total contrast to this. This is so very important. If you see a promise with an if, it's law. And you say, well, then how do I get the fulfillment of that promise in Christ? In Christ, we get all the promises. We get all the blessings. Because the promises of the law really, in a sense, are you can have this if you do this, if you do this, if you do this, if you do this. Well, then what we typically do in preaching is say, okay, now you need to fulfill these ifs. You need to fill these conditions. This is a conditional promise. The the problem is all it should do is expose and condemn you and say, well, then how I'll never have this promise. You will in Christ. In Christ. We get the promise and the blessing because he ob- obeyed all of the demands, met all the demands, met all the conditions on our behalf. So if, if you do this, that's law. The promise of the gospel is what God has done for you in Christ Jesus. You have the gospel, which promises grace and salvation, but without laying a condition on you at all. It's just a promise of free grace. It's like, take what I'm giving you. And that's not a condition, Walter says. That's a kind invitation. 
the analogy that he uses at one point is like, it's like somebody sets a big meal in front of you and says, you know, manja, eat, eat. And you, and you were like, I'm not going to do what you tell me to do. That's I. And you could, now this is where it could get, uh, you could get into some really interesting theological discussions here. Now, I would challenge you, go back to our series, the, the beginning of this series on law and gospel. We covered all of these theses, theses in greater, greater detail than they're doing here in this radio program. This is just kind of a redo, a restating of what we've already done previously. Go back to part, you know, law and gospel part one, part two. You'll hear some lengthy discussions about this and some working through some major theological issues. Just to me, remember this. Sometimes the promises of the gospel, you can almost like it feels like it feels like a law, like because it seems to say, you know, if you do this, then you get eternal life. If, 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 if. Now remember, this is important. If you have faith in Christ, you will be saved. Well, that sounds like a condition. That's a law. Just remember in the gospel, though, what God demands for us to like what he calls us to do to believe in order to be saved he's the one who gives us the faith faith is a gift from god so he gives that to us he may say repent and believe but the repentance he gives which i believe is a change of mind he has to grant that and then faith is a gift from god he has to grant the faith all right that's very important uh, someone just says, uh, I admit that this is a completely different way of looking at scripture for me, and I struggle to recognize the distinction often. I think sometimes we do have a, a, a well, I think one of the reasons we, we fail to recognize the distinction is because if we listen to a lot of sermons, the, the distinction is almost never mentioned or even followed in most sermons. So, but please go back and listen. Just, just remember this. In any passage of the gospel where it seems like it's a demand— just remember, God meets that demand for you. Believe and you will be saved. He grants you the faith. Repent. He grants you the repentance. He does it. He does it for you. All right. There you go. All right. Let's continue. Uh, you know, that would be law. He's like, no. he set a feast in front of you. Would you stop being so full of yourself and sit down and enjoy the good food? This is Issues Etc. I'm Todd Wilkin. It's part one of our series on CFW Walther's Law and Gospel Theses. Our guest is Pastor Will Whedon of The Word of the Lord Endures Forever. You heard Pastor Whedon mention the book God Grant It, Daily Devotions from CFW Walther. You can purchase this resource on the Talk On Demand archives page at issuesetc.org or by calling Concordia Publishing House 1-800-325-3040 and ask for God Grant It. On the other side, the fourth difference between law and gospel relates to threats. And we will stop right there because we're breaking these down into smaller segments. Now, again, I cannot stress to you the importance of maybe getting the book, God's No and God's Yes, The Proper Distinction Between Law and Gospel by C.F.W. Walther. Um, I would challenge you uh, to... Uh, go back and listen to our series where we cover these theses in greater, greater detail. So, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to try to find the book that they just mentioned right there. I'm going to try to find this. Hang on. I'm going to see if I can. Uh, see, God grant this devotion. 
Walther. Okay, here we go. It's called, I'm going to, uh, I found it right here. Ooh, it's expensive. Very expensive. Very, very, very expensive. God granted daily devotions from CFW Walther by CFW Walther, Concordia Publishing House, 2006. The Kindle version is $30 and the paperback is $65. There's got to be a way to find a cheaper version of this book. If we can find a cheaper version of this book, I'm buying one. You can buy a used copy for 26, but whoa, 30 bucks for a, a Kindle version. I don't know about that, but it's called God Granted Daily Devotions. I'm going to look here. Uh, see, is there a, a Concordia uh, Publishing? How much are they charging for it? Concordia Publishing, if I can get it to open. It may not open. Yeah. The hardcover is $45. Man, you talk about a an expensive book. Let's see here. Okay, well, God granted daily devotions from C.F.W. Walther. Uh, this uh, from Concordia Publishing House, cph.org. They have it for $32.99. So... Um, that's a little bit cheaper. I'm gonna I'm gonna save it at least in my notes. Uh, maybe I can find a cheaper version somewhere. If you find one, I would challenge you to get it. That's God God grant it G R A N T God grant it daily devotions from C F W Walther. I would definitely challenge you to look that up. But if you have to pick one, don't get the devotional book. Get God's No and God's Yes. The Proper Distinction Between Law and Gospel by C.F.W. Walther. Get that. This is the the condensed version, and everyone needs a copy of the book, and you should read it and read it and read it and read it and read it. And it's much it, it may leave out a lot of stuff because the you know the the CFW CF Walter CFW Walther's uh, larger book on law and gospel probably would give you more detail, but this is a good place to start. And then remember, you can get the PDF version of all the theses in our series, Church One app or the Sermons 2.0 app. Look for Theology Central. Look for our series, Understanding Law and Gospel. Look for the episode entitled Law and Gospel PDF. There you go. It'll be attached. And then, and then, and then, and then please go back and listen to everything else that we have talked about. But the main thing to understand, when you open your Bible, and you're reading, you're reading, and you come across any passage that says, do this, do this, don't do this, do this, don't do this, do this, don't do this, that is law. What it is to show you is your inability to do that, that you never will, and you should be convicted by it and condemned by it, and then you should say, what is my only hope? In Christ, Christ did it for you. You rest in that. Then, out of out of you know love, out of just being so overwhelmed with with emotion for what God has done for you, the, out of appreciation of your heart, then you should strive to obviously fall, follow what God has called you to do, what God demands of you or calls you to do in the law, but you just realize you're never going to do it perfectly. That's why you have to find your perfect rest and hope and comfort in the finished work of Jesus Christ. Law tells you what to do, gives you the demands. Don't ever water those down. 
and the gospel. Don't ever miss how sweet and beautiful and wonderful it is because it tells you what God has done for you in Christ Jesus. You need the proper distinction between law and gospel. All right. In part three of our redo of law and gospel, we'll go to their third segment in this radio program, and we will break that down. And we will do that most likely, maybe we'll get get it in late Sunday night. If not, we'll start it on I don't know. I we'll, we'll have we're gonna we'll definitely try to get it in. Maybe we'll do something later tonight. I don't know if we will do anything later tonight. Maybe maybe tomorrow if we can because this coming week they're they're uh, because of the hell storm finally our roof is being replaced and so it's going to be crazy here for a couple of days and uh, well this studio is on the second floor the roof right above me there's going to be boom 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 there's no way to be broadcasting during that so well but in the evenings when they're gone we should be able to do something we'll figure it out we'll figure it out but i'm going to try to stay pretty consistent on these so that we can um well get something accomplished with this series and try to bring this to some kind of dramatic conclusion at some point at some time somewhere down the road all right thank you for listening Everyone have a great day, and please never forget the proper distinction of law and gospel when you read your Bible and when you listen to a sermon being preached at your church tomorrow. Thanks for listening. God bless.